0: Hearty welcome to everybody. You might be tuned in to Red Oak Radio and therefore listening to my program, Word of Mouth. Or you might be listening on SoundCloud, where I actually label my program, Polished Arrow. So whether you're streaming on Red Oak Radio or whether you're downloading and listening on SoundCloud, I hope you enjoy. This last Sunday it was the Australian Open men's final and of course the Saturday it was the women's final we're talking about tennis not bowls if you were wondering um, So uh, if you're into tennis, you would know This is quite fascinating that the Williams sisters are uh, in fact again or were in fact again in a final together you know we've sort of written of Venus Um, And Serena has even lost her number one ranking recently, and so we're thinking, oh yeah, they're they're getting old. And then on top of that, we have Federer making a comeback after six months of injury and uh, rehab or whatever, and Rafa making a comeback after three or four months of injury and rehab or whatever. And on top of that, they're all old, and uh, those of you who are in your mid-life crisis are thinking, "Good heavens! If Nadal is old, then what am I?" But listen to this: uh, Nadal is now thirty. He's the youngest of those four finalists. Uh, Serena is uh, thirty-five. Uh, Roger Federer is thirty-five, and Venus Williams is thirty-six, going on thirty-seven this year. And those are our four finalists, and it's 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 great. You know, it's it's actually amazing because the young. Uh, Sports stars obviously have the physical strength or whatever to pass the older ones and become the new heroes, the new legends. But here suddenly, with the Australian Open, these legends come back to the party. And I couldn't help but think of longevity. I love that word. I love the word longevity. I love saying it. Just say it. Longevity. 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 Mm, it's a wonderful word. Longevity of, of sports stars like these. You know, many people think or thought, maybe you thought, you know, Federer's got to put his racket down. Well, he's he keeps playing well. Why should he? Apparently, Serena is going to be playing for a while still. She wants to win more majors. So she'll only be doing eight tournaments next year as opposed to the 11 she did the previous year which is actually there are four majors so it's four tournaments plus four majors bang and that's it uh, but she still wants to win those majors and keep her number one ranking because she still has it in her she's still hungry for it that's fantastic we can go on about federer who's a family man now raising twins uh, rafa who's well the youngest of the bunch um but uh, he's not the young man he was anymore but yet they're still playing phenomenal tennis they're still very very relevant in their careers okay well enough of uh uh tennis stars let's put that concept of longevity on the shelf for a minute and uh move to a new thought i've heard people talk about leadership and then they uh, they say a leader knows where he is going our uh, pastor, Jean Simons, he spoke about this recently and he got me thinking because uh, he challenged this thought that a leader actually knows where he's going. And I started thinking, well, am I a leader? Yes, I believe I am. Do I know where I'm going? Um, I know where I want to go. I have certain goals and things I aspire to, to do. Uh, I heard the mayor of Pretoria, of Chane, uh Solim Simunga, address uh, a bunch of businessmen the other day at LifeWork Leadership's Open Day. We, we recorded that and uh, he, he's a fascinating leader, a f- tremendous leader, and he definitely has things that he wants to do. He has plans for Pretoria. He has plans to make Pretoria the best city in the world. Uh, Certainly, he knows where he is going. A leader knows where he is going. Yet, I want to also challenge that statement today, because honestly, you don't always know where you're going. You know, you want to achieve certain things, you have certain goals, but you know, often it's it's a a one-step-at-a-time thing. There's a scripture in the Bible in Psalms 119 that says, Your word is a lamp for my foot and a light upon my path. A lot has been said about this scripture. And, uh, but but I, like, I like this metaphor because if you walk in the dark with a lamp, you're holding a lamp in your hands. It only shows right in front of you. I'm sure you've heard this before. It only shows right in front of you. It shows the next step it doesn't map out the whole route. You know, I might, be, I might know that I'm going to wherever, but I don't necessarily know exactly what the route is. It isn't all mapped out. I need to be able to go step by step. And, and if this scripture says your word is a lamp, for my foot, then I know many people say, oh, you need a word f- from God. And I sort of tend to agree, but not quite, because, yes, I, I do believe you need a word from God. But there are other scriptures in Isaiah that says, you know, take a step forward and I'll come from behind and I will say left or right, you know, go out in faith. You don't exactly know where, but, but move forward and I, I will I will correct you if necessary. But let's let's say, yes, your word is a lamp upon my foot. Then what is that word? Is it a prophetic word? Is it, you know, God has to give a very direct instruction. And if God doesn't give an instruction, you don't move. I tend to think, no. I think, I think definitely God, there are times that God gives a prophetic word that sort of gets you going. I think there are times that God gives an instruction. That's like a kick in the butt and, and you, get, you get moving. But I, I, I like more the idea that John 1 sells to us when he says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and, and he has this whole chapter saying over and over again that Jesus is the Word and the Word is Jesus and it's all one. Jesus is an embodiment of the Word. Jesus is God's Word in the flesh and in the spirit eventually. And when I think of the word being a lamp for my foot, that next step, breaking open that way forward, that faith walk, then I like to think that Jesus is the word and I'm in a relationship with him. I'm intertwined with him. Just as the lamp is connected to my hands and my body and my heart and my eyes and my mind as I'm carrying this lamp into darkness, it's showing the light, in the same way, I am integrated, intertwined, one with Jesus, who is God's word. And in that oneness, in that closeness, I step forward, step after step in faith, not always knowing exactly where I'm going. Sometimes more questions than answers, and sometimes more uncertainty than certainty. Right, so where are we going with this? Uh, I've, I've sort of opened up this conversation by just showing you towards the longevity of some of our wonderful sports stars in this world that we live in, and people with character and integrity, people who are an example uh, to us all, who inspire us, heroes of their trade, actually. And then I've made a case that uh, leaders don't necessarily always know where they're going. Sometimes you only see a couple of steps ahead. You know the general direction. You know where you want to be. Uh, but, and sometimes not even, and I'll tell you why later. But let's let's concentrate on that concept of uncertainty just for the minute. And I want to read you a quote of uh, John Allen Polos. He said the following. He said, Uncertainty is the only certainty there is And knowing how to live with insecurity is the only security. The only security is knowing how to live with insecurity. And the only certainty is uncertainty. Oh, wow! I think this is great. And I think we should, this is true, and we should embrace this truth and live with this truth because somehow we want it to be different. Somehow, so many of us, want to be certain about everything. We want we want things figured out. We want to know why. We want to, we want to know um, exactly how things will work out. We want to know that it's good news ahead and never bad news, um, yet life isn't that way. And if we look at these tennis stars, we see how uh, they do everything right. They eat right. They uh, do the right exercise and uh, preparation and gym and what have you yet they still get injuries and sometimes they're off for such a long time um, and it's it's things you don't expect and, and things that happen look at Sharapova Maria Sharapova she's a wonderful woman of integrity now she's two years she's out of tennis because of a doping scandal that was uh, honestly nothing inappropriate or wrong that she did but you know, life happens People want certainty, but it's not there. American citizens right now, many of them voted because they they want a new certainty. They want to feel safe. And I'm hoping for them that their vote is going to bring them that. But it isn't necessarily going to bring them that, because lots of things are going to be happening in the next four years and things are not going to be certain it's going to be unpredictable, very unpredictable, maybe even more unpredictable than that which they feared, those things that they feared. South African citizens are in the same position of uncertainty if we talk about politics. We also don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with the petrol price. or We actually do. It always goes up. Uh, we, uh, but, but God knows how this country, with the um, people who are running it, is going forward. How is how are we going forward? But we are. Politicians always promise a picture that makes you feel safe and uh, secure about the future. They have to. They know that if they promise those pictures, we'll vote for them. Yet they can't always they can seldom actually deliver the goods of that which they have promised. I spoke to a friend who's a, a well-known farmer in South Africa, a very successful farmer, actually, and I I spoke to him the other day, and I said, you know what? I have so much respect for farmers. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. This whole thing that you just, you're given over to, does it rain or does it not? And it could make or break you. I'm like, How do you do that? How do you live with attention? You don't, there's no plan that you can make that is foolproof. You want security in some way, but how does a farmer do it? Another farmer friend of mine recently had very big damage on his farm because of hail. You, You couldn't predict it. And then you can ask why and why and why, but why the, asking why will get you no right now. Your crops are destroyed. There's more uncertainty than certainty in this world. Yet some people will do everything for certainty. They will invest in a place where they are totally certain their money is safe. But you're never totally certain. In 2007 and 2008, the world went through a financial crisis. All the markets fell. People who had invested their lifelong savings in the most secure places lost everything. And if you think the decisions you're making are putting you at a place of certainty, I, I want to encourage you to humble yourself and to not be arrogant and to not claim certainty. But to be on your knees and to find safety and security in the uncertain places. Because we're all in for the long haul, for the long run. Running a Comrades Marathon, we're not running a short five kilometer park run. We're living this, this life we're living We want to be in business 20 years down the line, like Federer, who's still playing tennis, of the best tennis, even though it's an unpredictable world. We want to be legends. We want to be heroes. Let's look at the heroes of uh, Hebrews 11. One of them is Abraham. Listen to this. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, more about that later, He obeyed and went, even though, listen to this, even though he did not know where he was going. And you can tell me, of course he knew where he was going. He was going to the promised land. Oh, come on. What is that? What what promised land? What is that? He uprooted with his whole family, big bunch of people. And he went. Because God said, Move. The other day, I met a young man, I, 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 he's hardly 30, and uh, he said, who are you? And I said, well, I'm so-and-so, and I said, who are you? And he said, oh, I'm so-and-so, and I said, why are you here? He said, oh, no, I'm one of the partners, owners of Capital Craft. For those of you who don't know, Capital Craft is a very successful new restaurant here in Pretoria, new for the last two years or so, and sells the greatest craft beer and good food, and it's always full, makes... A bunch of money, and I said, "Oh, well, you're a very happy man, I guess." Uh, and I asked him, well, "Are you going to roll out franchises all over the South Africa now? Now that you've got this winning recipe?" He said, "No, no, no, uh, We we opened one other store, or a restaurant, and that's enough. We just want to." He says, not one of us are in the restaurant business, you know, not one of our four partners really know the restaurant business. (laughs) I'm like, really? You're kidding me. He said, you know what? He said, people think it was so easy. He said, people think, look back in retrospect and they say, well, this is a fantastic idea. Of course it would make money. He said, but when we started, we didn't know it was going to be a fantastic idea that's going to make money. We didn't know it was going to work. We just ventured out because you don't know where you're going. You know you want to make this thing successful, but you don't really know where you're going. And you don't know how it's going to be. But this young man, even now that they have great success, he doesn't become arrogant and say, let's start 20 of these restaurants. He's still on his knees. He's still at a place of, let's just check it out, Uh, because it's still one step at a time. Now, Abram went forward one step at a time, and see so here's what I think about Abraham. And this is sort of the the key that I want you to take with you today, is is the concept of a nomadic position, and you know what a nomad is, a nomad is a traveller that sort of just travels from here to there and doesn't settle anywhere really, it sort of has a fluid lifestyle it just moves around the whole time, nomads. And I, I like to call it a nomadic positioning. You need to be not too deeply rooted. You need to live in a tent so that at any time you can move if necessary because sometimes for transitions to next seasons and next levels and next levels of growth that take you into those times that of, of longevity eventually, Sometimes those transitions need for you to uproot and move to where you don't know where you're going. But if you're too deeply rooted, you'll never do that. You'll just, it won't happen. You won't hear that word, whatever kind of word it is, and however it works for you. You'll just sit in your house, in what you think is your brick house of certainty. But it's not necessarily safe because a hurricane can make that house flat in seconds. And the safer place is that nomadic position where you don't try and build your safety yourself. That nomadic position is actually a position of great authority because you're not there based on the brick house that you built. You're there based on the word That said, you had to be there. And God's word and and being under his cloud is a much safer and secure place than your own brick house. What you have might be really good, but sometimes what's needed for the next season or the next level of growth is to leave your current good for the potential great But the great is only potential. You don't see it yet. You just hear about a promised land, but you don't see it yet. And you don't see it yet, but yet you need to see it. This is getting complicated. You need other eyes. Listen to Hebrews 8, verse 9. Verse 8, we heard that Abraham was obedient and he went Uh, He knew he would later receive his inheritance, remember that thought, even though he didn't know where he was going. And then verse 9 and 10, "...by faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God." there are many concepts in the scripture the first thing is that he was looking forward to a city with foundations as opposed to tent living he was seeing a city with foundations architect and builder god that's some decent city all right knowing that if he if he follows if he's obedient to this word inside of him uh, your word is a lamp upon my foot um If he's obedient to this word inside of him, what he should be seeing is a city with foundations. Isn't that a strange? Phrase. Why would you say that? A city with foundations. Obviously there's foundations, but it's not obvious because many people build things that don't have foundations and they just fall apart. They just collapse. But this is a city with foundations, God-given foundations. He's the architect. He's the builder. This is a city that will stand. This is something secure. This is something certain, even though you can't see it right now. But being obedient and envisioning and moving towards what God knows is the city even though you don't understand yet, even though you don't have answers for the whys, even though you want details, but he doesn't give the details, even though you're only moving one step at a time, that you want to see the whole map. But moving towards this city is a safe place. This nomadic positioning will thrust you forward and take you to where God wants you to be. And that is a good place, even though it's uncertain. Now remember, If God is the builder and architect, that means I should not be the one putting in the effort. Now, there is effort and discipline. Like the athletes, they tone their bodies, they eat right, they put some effort in to be healthy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we put effort in, to be the designer and the builder, we try and construct. We have our rational frame of reference very limited, mind you. And inside and with that, we try and build what eventually is a paper house that has no foundations. But we think that what we know is enough and good. But we need to somehow Get to a place where we learn to withdraw effort, the right effort. You should be withdrawing and allowing God to be the builder and architect. And in order to do that, we need to understand the scripture, verse 8, that says that we are heirs. And also, Isaac and Jacob were the same heirs, the scripture says, as Abraham of the promise. And therefore, we, my friend, you and I, in Christ, are also similarly heirs An heir receives without deserving. An heir receives only because of his identity and him understanding, oh, I'm the guy that Grandma said uh, should inherit this farm. That's me. That's my name. I know it's me. Yes, it's mine. You don't have to do anything. Just show who you are and take the farm. We are heirs of this promise. All you and I need to understand is that you are an heir. I am an heir. And my identity is in Christ, whose word is in me. I'm intertwined with him. We are one. His spirit lives in me. Because of who Christ is, I am. That allows me to, in a way, sit back and allow God to be Builder and architect of the city that I envision, even though I can't envision exactly what it's going to look like, but I know it's a city with foundations, and that's a good place to move towards. And therefore, I will be willing to be nomadic in my lifestyle, to walk the faith walk. I'll be willing to uproot, even though it doesn't make sense right now, even though it doesn't feel safe. I'm willing to let go and embark On the new. God is constantly making things new. That's how he is. That's his makeup. That's his being. And we are also his makeup and his being. God is constantly recycling. Uh, He's constantly sowing new seed. Things evolve when he's busy and he's moving. And we should get used to living that way. Because those things that we often build and, and work on and, and push our energy into, they can just disappear, dissipate, melt away in seconds, minutes. Now, I don't want to try and make this sound easy, and I haven't figured it out. I am on a journey trying to figure this out, so I'm just sharing my journey of figuring it out. But part of this journey, this nomadic positioning, is being comfortable of letting go, yet planning and moving forward, pitching a tent, but planning a route, uh, changing the route, um, but battling through the river, It's a tension that we need to be comfortable living with. A tension of letting go, uh, yet exercising efforts and working hard and moving forward, yet not controlling, um, allowing God to be, um, yet not sitting on my backside, doing nothing. It's a complicated tension. Uh, the one moment the Red Sea opens And you're like, oh my goodness, what is this? And the enemy is being destroyed And it's just God uh, uh, the, the, the other moment you, You're battling, you're fighting With a sword uh, uh, the, the one moment Food, manna comes out of heaven uh, And the next moment You're working with earthly crops And, and, and farming And sowing and losing your crops And it's a constant Tension You're envisioning a city with foundations, but you don't exactly know what it looks like, so you're allowing God to color in the picture. And my friends, I want to encourage you, I want to tell you that if you get this right, you will experience the God that opens the sea and destroys the enemy in crazy ways. You'll experience His power. But you need... To learn to allow him to be God. Letting go. Being there, but not in control. Being disciplined, but not forcing your way. And at some point, you'll experience yourself being in the audience, being a spectator, looking at your own life for moments, and seeing, look, what is happening? What is God doing you're sort of outside of yourself and you're seeing him design and build a city with foundations and you're part of it and you're thrilled to be part of it but you're actually only involved in every next step where the lamp is showing you the way so I want to I want to finish I want to stop right now But I want to challenge you to look at where you're at in your life, to just think through. Are Are you too deeply rooted? Are you holding on? Clutching is a better word. Are you clutching on too strongly to anything? Are you open for God's word? To show you a city with foundations. To take you forward. Are you really willing? Maybe you should listen to this message again. Which is quite a mouthful. But eventually I want to. I'm hoping. I'm praying that each of you who are listening today. Will become legends. Like Serena Williams. Venus Williams. Rafael Nadal. Roger Federer that you would become faith heroes like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, like you, heirs, heroes, but heirs, and that you would eventually tell stories and your life would be a testimony of God paving the way for you. And this success is not thanks to you, but thanks to the fact that he deposited this life and this beautiful story inside of you. Thank you very much for listening. Stay connected. Uh, Whatever your connection of preference is, if it's podcasts, SoundCloud, then connect with us on SoundCloud. If it's streaming an audio stream, connect with us on Red Oak Radio, RedOakRadio.com. Uh, very soon, I'm very excited because within the next two weeks, we are launching our ministry website called TheMediaOaks.com. Um, and uh, we've told you before about our commercial work with Oak Street Media. Uh, oakstreetmedia.co.za but we've got a, a bunch of products that we created over the last year um, that are very inspiring stories um, that will just it's beautiful it's, it's something you want to share so uh, very soon in the next week or two we'll be putting the word out there uh, the mediaoaks.com our new platform will be launched and we're so Humbly thankful for God for providing for us and making it possible and um, for every story that we can share there where His glory is displayed. Uh, Thank you for your support. And if this was insightful or uh, if this blessed you, please share it and encourage others to listen. Thank you.